to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And a special weekend it has been as the Indians are honoring Hall of Famer Jim Tomey this weekend with a special ceremony prior to the game on Saturday late afternoon and all kinds of great activities honoring the Indians' all-time franchise leader in home runs and then inducted into Cooperstown earlier this summer as a baseball Hall of Famer. And certainly a great weekend. Great to see Jim Tomey here at the ballpark. We had him on the broadcast on Friday night. Hammy and, and Jim had a lot of fun uh, during their inning together, and uh, certainly great to see him as he is now a baseball Hall of Famer. And we will hear from Jim Tomey later on in our show, his press conference yesterday or Friday, as it were, here at the ballpark. Also on the show today, we'll visit with Carlos Carrasco, Indians pitcher who's having a Cy Young-type season. Maybe he does get into consideration by the time it is all said and done after another victory for him on Friday night. Also, Tribe relief pitcher Brad Hand, who has been closing out some ball games, and will also be joined by one of the Indians' coaches, Major League coach with an emphasis on pitching, Brian Sweeney will be in the coach's corner. But first, our week in review, and a good week it has been as heading into play on Saturday, the Indians were working on a six-game winning streak. Part of that win streak came on Monday night, the opener of a series in Cincinnati against the Reds, the Indians and Reds playing for the Ohio Cup. It was Mike Clevenger against Homer Bailey, the pitching matchup at Great American Ballpark, and the Reds got on the board first with a second-inning solo home run from Tucker Barnhart, but in the third inning, Jose Ramirez dialed long distance once again. Bailey, the high hold and pitch, and it's swung on, hit high, hit deep to right. Down the line it goes, into the corner, leaping attempt by Irvin, and it is a home run! What a try by Irvin! A leaping attempt in the right field corner, and he just missed. And there's a new single season record for home runs by an Indian switch hitter. Number 35 for Jose Ramirez, right down that right field line. It just got over the eight-foot wall in that right field corner. Great effort by Irvin, but the Indians have a two-to-one lead here in the third inning. And so Jose Ramirez continues his assault on the Indians' record book. Another solo home run from the Reds in the fifth inning, this time from Scooter Jeanette tied the game at two. But once again, the Indians had an answer in the following inning. Top half of the sixth inning, Yandy Diaz got the scoring started. Again, the payoff pitch. 
Swung and drilled. Deep left center field. This is trouble. One hops the wall. Indians take the lead. Allen scores easily. Head first sliding. Double for Yandy Diaz. Off the Indians bench. And there he pulled a ball. He got the count to 3-2. And he hit a rocket up the alley in left center. And Yandy Diaz don't know what more he really has to do to stay here because I know it's a small sample size, but you can't overlook the fact that Yandy Diaz is now 11 for 20, a double, a triple, five RBIs, and the Indians have a 3-2 to two lead. And then red-hot Melky Cabrera took his turn. Now the 0-1. Swung on, line drive, base hit, center field. That'll score Lindor. Here comes Bradley. Williams throw to the plate, way up the third baseline. To second, sliding is Cabrera. He beats the throw. Throw back to third, diving back safely, Ramirez. And the Indians get the big two-out hit. And again, it's Melky Cabrera. And the Indians kept the big inning going. Jason Kipnis kept the line moving, as Tito likes to say. Left-handed hitting Jason Kipnis with a drive to deep center. Williams back. Track at the wall. Can't make the catch. Over his head. Hits the track. Bangs up against the wall. Scoring our Ramirez and Cabrera. And Kipnis with a two-out, two-run double to dead center. It's 4-0-4 to the wall. Kipnis hit it 403 feet. The Indians added one more in the seventh, another in the eighth, and 10-3 was the final score as the Indians took game one of the series in Cincinnati. Tuesday night, Corey Kluber on the mound for the Indians against Sal Romano for Cincinnati, and the Indians wasted no time taking the lead in this one. First inning, thanks to guess who? Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez, second in the American League in bombs with 35, third in the American League in RBIs, 87. Third in the American League in extra base hits. Leading the American League in steals with 27. The pitch to him from Romano. Swung on, grounded in the hole through the right side. Base hit. Lindor being waved home. Williams comes up throwing to the plate. The slide. He's in safely. Ball kicks away from Barnhart. Backed up by the pitcher. Romano advancing to second is Ramirez. And Brantley scampers to third. And yonder, Alonzo made it a crooked number in the first inning for the Tribe. The next pitch, swung on, line drive, base hit to left center. This will score Brantley and Ramirez. Cut off in the gap by Hamilton. Holding with a two-run single to left center is yonder, Alonzo. And the Indians have a 3-0 lead. And the first four hitters in tonight's game have reached. And yonder, Alonzo now 69 runs batted in. A Jan Gomes RBI ground out made it a four-run first. And then in the second inning, the Indians were right back at it. Once again, Melky Cabrera with a big hit. Now first ball swinging. Melky Cabrera loops a base hit into left. Trying to score now is Ramirez. The throw from Tucker to the plate. Not in time. Ramirez scores feet first slide. And the Indians just keep pounding the ball. One more run on an RBI ground out from Greg Allen made it 7-0. And then in the sixth inning... It was Jose Ramirez continuing what has been an MVP caliber season. Now the payoff pitch from Lorenzen to Ramirez. Swung on, hit a ton. Deep right field. There she goes. 8 nothing Indians. Jose Ramirez, second night in a row. And he now has a new single season record 
36 home runs, the most ever by an Indian switch hitter. A no doubt about it bomb to right. How about the year that Jose Ramirez has had against the Reds pitching staff? And throughout the scoring barrage, Corey Kluber was throwing another gem. Here's the payoff pitch. Swing and a miss. Went with a curveball and got him whiffing. So Corey Kluber just keeps on racking up one impressive inning after the other. He strikes out the side after the leadoff single. 8-1 to one was the final score as Kluber won his 15th game on the season. On to Wednesday, Indians looking for a sweep and the outright Ohio Cup. Shane Bieber on the mound for the Tribe against Robert Stevenson for Cincinnati and a tough start for Bieber in this one as the Reds scored three runs in the first inning to take an early lead. But after that, he settled down, and the Indians began to get back into it in the second, beginning with Greg Allen. Big lead for Kipnis. He comes to the plate. Allen bangs the base hit into center. Kipnis is going to be waved home. Billy Hamilton with a strong arm, charges, throws, sliding. Kipnis safe. Ball got away from Barnhart. Allen stays at first. A strong throw by Billy Hamilton, who's a tremendous center fielder. And Mike Sarbaugh took a chance with nobody out. And if Barnhart comes up with that cleanly, Kipnis is out at the plate. But he couldn't dig it out, and the ball trickled away. And Kipnis scores from second. Bieber fought back to keep it a one-run game at 3-2. to two. And then in the sixth inning, the big blow came from that man again, Melky Cabrera. The pitch, a swing and a high drive, deep left field. Back is Tucker. He's at the wall. He watches it sail over the 12-foot wall, and the Indians have the lead. It just kept carrying to left. And Melky Cabrera has his first home run right-handed as a Cleveland Indian. A two-run home run that sailed over the 12-foot wall in left. Some good work from the bullpen, including two dominant innings from Cody Allen in the seventh and eighth. And then it was Brad Hand on in the ninth, trying to close things out. Because Sally digs back in. The big, strong, right-handed hitter awaiting the one-two pitch from the lefty Brad Hand. Here it comes. A swing and a fly ball. Right field, fairly deep, playable near the line. Geyer makes the catch. Ball game. How about that? Second and third, nobody out, and Brad Hand gets out of it. The final tonight. The Cleveland Indians four, the Cincinnati Reds three. How big to sweep this series from the Reds? I mean, you guys have obviously a comfortable lead in your division, but well, talk I mean, about the sweep. Well, I mean, we, we won the Governor's Cup, and you know, people say that we haven't played a lot of big games, but we're going home with that cup. <laughs> <laughs> So the Indians had the 4-3 win and the Ohio Cup in hand heading back to Cleveland. An off day on Thursday, and then they opened up a new series with the Orioles on Friday night. And it was Carlos Carrasco looking for win number 15 against rookie right-hander David Hess. Another day, another highlight from Jose Ramirez early first inning. Ramirez would put the Tribe in front. Now the 3-1 to Jose Ramirez. Swung in and hammered to deep right. Away, way back, gone, deep into the lower deck. Number 37 for Ramirez. 
And now 91 RBIs for one of the top players in all of baseball. Jose Ramirez patiently got into a hitter's count and then he did not miss a fastball that was middle in. And Ramirez makes it to nothing Indians here in inning number one. So he is now tied with Boston's J.D. Martinez for the league lead in homers with 37. That would turn out to be the only scoring for the Indians in this one, but the way Carlos Carrasco was going, well, you had a hunch that two runs might be enough. The 1-0, a swing and a pop-up, playable, foul ground. Yonder Alonso through the first base coaching box. The Indians' first baseman retires Rickard. What a way for Carrasco to finish. He goes seven innings of shutout ball tonight. He made 116 pitches. He only allowed three hits, and he ends his night retiring the last ten batters that he faced. The Orioles did break through for a run in the eighth inning, but in the ninth, Cody Allen was in to finish things off. Well, it hasn't been easy, and that's what Terry Francona talked about. Baltimore with the worst record in baseball. He said, you go into a game like this thinking it's going to be easy, you're setting yourself up for failure. Orioles have fought and clawed their way tonight to keep it a one-run game. The set by Allen, the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Ball game. Cody Allen with a fastball wipes out Joey Rickard. And the Indians keep on winning. So the Indians take the series opener, and they head into play on Saturday with a six-game win streak and a commanding lead in the American League Central Division. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will visit with one of the Indians' new relief pitchers, Brad Hand, acquired in the deal with San Diego prior to the trade deadline, and he has certainly been a key for that tri-bullpen, which is really starting to return to form. We'll hear from Hand after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, who's the greatest of all time? For my money, it's Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle. It literally saves you money. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Look, it's simple. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Out of all the heroes, take away the zeros. And what you got? One big trophy of me saying, I told you so. I disagree. Thanks, fellas. Took the words right out of my mouth. There's really no debate. Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle is a winning combination. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are playing the Baltimore Orioles this weekend, and it's also a weekend to honor Hall of Famer Jim Tomey here at the ballpark. Well, we had a chance to visit with new Indians reliever Brad Hand earlier this week, and Hand had talked about the time that has passed now since the trade. It's been almost a month, but he says it has flown by, and he's had absolutely no trouble fitting in with the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's been a month, but, uh, you know, all the guys here, the coaches and the players have made it, uh, you know, really easy to transition over here. And, uh, you know, I felt like I fit in right away. And at least from a distance, it seems like you're throwing the ball well. And, and how do you judge it in terms of how you're throwing and how you're feeling in terms of effectiveness? I feel like I've been throwing pretty well. Um, you know, I've had, you know, maybe a few little 
hiccups in there, but other than that, uh, you know, everything's been going well so far. And certainly the other night, one of those saves where you're living on the edge a little bit, and uh, it seems like you have that ability to, to pull it together if you do lose it for a batter or two, and, and what is the key there for you to, to be able to do that? Um, you know, I don't really know what the key is, but, uh, you know, I just try to control what I can tr control. You know, obviously, uh, you never want to start off the ninth with a, with a base hit or something like that, so... Um, you know, got that leadoff hit and then a double, and uh, just try to make pitches, get out of that, get out of that situation, and uh, you know, get the win. And pitching for a team that, that obviously has big time postseason aspirations here at the Indians, is it any different than than what you were going through with the Padres, or, or is baseball just baseball, and you're trying to get outs? Um, at the end of the day, you're trying to get outs. Obviously, uh, the games the games here have been a little more meaningful. Uh, you know, in San Diego, we were in last place, said no, you know, playoff chances at that point so um, you know obviously every game matters here um, but at the end of the day when you're out on the mound you're still trying to get three outs no matter if you're uh, you know what your record is. And off the field a couple of home stands here in Cleveland and a new area for you uh, even though you, you grew up sort of in the Midwest the upper Midwest in, in the Minnesota area uh, is it a different lifestyle in this situation here as opposed to what you had in San Diego for a little while? I mean, yeah, it's completely different. The two, the two other teams I played for were Miami and San Diego beach towns. So, um, you know, I'm used to it. I grew up in the Midwest, so uh, I think it's a little bit more of a change for my wife, who likes the, you know, the the beach and the hot weather and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's it's fun. And I like it, and uh, you know, we're getting settled in here. So, all right, Brad. Thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's reliever Brad Hand, who has done some real nice work, both closing games and also coming in a little bit earlier and setting things up. Uh, just as Cody Allen has done, it's a real nice mix out there so far for the Tribe heading down the stretch in the pen. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll visit with one of the Indians' dominant starting pitchers. He threw another beauty on Friday night, and we caught up with him earlier in the week after a solid effort against the White Sox last Sunday, talking about Carlos Carrasco. He joins us next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Hang on, folks. This baby isn't over yet. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so. At Indians Radio is our Twitter address. You can find out uh, when we can get some tweets out, which is <laughs> admittedly sporadic, but uh, certainly something that we'll try and do a little bit more of as we go. But our, again, Twitter address is at Indians Radio. And again, if you want to catch the show, you can uh, hear the show each weekend on the Indians Radio Network, usually just a couple of hours prior to game time on Saturday. And uh, a lot of our affiliate stations run it at different points in time during the weekend, so you can catch us there or go to Indians.com. You can find it there or in podcast form on iTunes. Well, Carlos Carrasco has had some kind of season. On Friday night, he won his 15th game of the year, and he continues to be impressive since returning from a stint on the disabled list Three weeks' time spent on the DL, and since returning in early July, he is now 7-1, and one, and the ERA during that time well below two runs a game. And when we were joined by Carrasco earlier this week, we talked about how well things have been going since that return from the disabled list and if he had noticed a big difference in any way since coming back. Yes, pretty much um, 
everything, even in my the control of the, oh, all my pitches. I can on the first half I, I feel kind of a little bit lost on myself on my mechanics, but I just find it. It took me time, even the number show something different. But uh, I think I'm glad I'm I'm there. I think the more important the second half is the more important uh, part of the season. So finish strong. We only like 40 something games away, so I just trying to push myself, stay healthy to the end of the season, postseason, and everything. So I just want to help the team. So yeah, like you said, I feel way different uh, on the second half. And were there certain things you were able to do during those three weeks that you were out that, that maybe you wouldn't have been able to do if you hadn't been hurt, which you obviously you don't want to be? Actually, no, I didn't do anything different. I just trying to do my rehab and get back to, to the game. I just I just did every time when I get back to my first game and uh, after that my bullpens, I just started working uh, with Carl. So we have some, some stuff on the mechanic, it's just, just my arm. <laughs> My little uh, uh, arm that was kind of a little bit down, so now it's kind of more a little bit up. So that's why I feel way different throwing throwing the ball. So just coming really easy right now. So that's what I did after uh, the DL. So before that, I didn't, I couldn't do anything because I just trying to get ready, trying to get uh, to do everything that uh, that I can to get back with the team. So, but I spent three weeks out. So now I'm glad I'm here. You want to throw well every time you go out, regardless of what time of year it is. But this is two years in a row where you've really come on in the second half and gotten better. And is there something to be said for as the season gets closer to postseason and some big games that, that you kind of get locked in just uh, normally? Yeah, so like I always say, the first, I think the first month of the season, the last month of the season is really more important in baseball, I think. So now we pretty much uh, metal agos right now. So... That's what we need to stay strong. Our rotation, our pitching, not uh, as a team, everyone we need to stay strong to finish strong and get him back to the postseason. Always fun to chat with Carlos Carrasco, Tribe starting pitcher, and well, he's neck and neck in terms of wins with Cy Young Award winner Corey Kluber. Both could be in the mix by the time it's all said and done for this year's Cy Young Award. Well, we continue on the pitching front in the coach's corner. Brian Sweeney is one of the new coaches for the Indians. He's a major league coach with an emphasis on pitching, and he puts together a lot of those scouting reports that are then filtered on down to pitching coach Carl Willis and bullpen coach Scott Atchison, who further filter it down to the pitchers of that day, especially the starting pitchers and then, of course, the relievers as well, trying to find a nugget or two. It might not be that many, but just one or two keys that could really help on a day-to-day basis for that particular starting pitcher and also the relievers. And when we caught up with Brian, he talked about his daily duties. For example, a day with Corey Kluber on the mound and how much goes into preparing Kluber and Jan Gomes for that day's start. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely try to break it down to, to its smallest components and then and help make it usable for the game. You know, passing that along to Carl, uh, Carl can pass it to, you know, to, to Jan in the dugout. And, you know, just collaborating between Atch, Carl, and I and the catchers and, and the pitching staff, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we have, a, we have an in-game app that we follow during the game that I sit in front of the computer and, uh, and see different things. That's also helpful. When you look at your background, 18 seasons pitching professionally, how important is that? You mentioned the computer component of it, and, and there's reports that come in, but 
the fact that you did this for, for 18 years, how important is that to, to really get it down to what's important for the pitchers and, and catchers here? You know, I think it, the, the main ingredient of that is, is developing that relationship with the player, um, you know, with, with the guys on the staff. You know, they know that I've, I've been there, I've, I've towed that rubber and I've been in their situation, so it's helpful that they can trust me and the information that, that, I, that I'm giving. So um, that's, that's been a really important part of it. You've been a, a pitching coach at the minor league level, and, and now here you are in, in the major leagues. Uh, enjoying this part of it, even though it, it's maybe not as hands-on during the course of the game as, as it was at the minor league level? You know, th th that was going to be the biggest challenge. You know, I have my nose in the computer a lot at a time. Um, but the saving grace being on the field for practice, watching the guys throw the bullpen, giving feedback to them, um, you know, in a throwing program has been real exciting. So, um the game, the game is developing into a new way, and you know part of that is uh, really diving into the numbers and getting into the computer. Uh, so it's important for me to uh, you know take care of business on my end of the job. Ryan Sweeney joining us, Indians major league coach with an emphasis on pitching. All right, let's get into the background. Uh, Career-wise, 18 years pro ball, not a whole lot of it in the major leagues, and, and you started coming out of Mercy College. Uh, I'm going to guess not many of our listeners uh, have heard of it. It's back in the New York City area, a smaller school. How did that path end you up? And maybe before we get to that, I know you thought you were going to be drafted at a certain point by the Seattle Mariners, but you were not. What happened on draft day for you? Yeah, that was uh, an exciting day, thinking that I might get I might get a call, but, you know, there was never, never – it never happened. Let's let's put it that way. You know, the Mariners were interested in me. Uh, there was another guy named Ryan Sweeney uh, from Mercyhurst College in Pennsylvania that got drafted, and the Mariners thought that was me. Took me off the board, and uh, and there you go. I have to head to the independent league. That's the legend of the story, <laughs> and my scout swears by it. I think there's some BS in there, but who knows? Well, you'd have to ask him. So you go to independent ball, and and it's not all that common at a a pitcher or player is able to get into a major league organization from there. How did it happen for you, and, and what was it like eventually reaching the major leagues, coming from that start, not being drafted to eventually be a major league pitcher? I never had a doubt in my mind what I wanted to do, and I was going to do everything I could to, to make that, that dream possible. It didn't matter that I came from Mercy College or Yonkers, New York. Um, it, I was provided an opportunity to go show what I can do. And I was going to do everything in my ability to to get to get there. Once once you get past the, the name of the college, you know Mercy College, and then there's a guy from Florida State or UCLA. It doesn't matter. You're all you're all on the same team. Um, the biggest benefit I learned at Mercy College was, unfortunately, I learned how to lose. Um, we were nine and thirty-two my senior year, um, but that made that fire in my belly burn a little bit brighter and stronger. And and I wanted to win, and I was going to do everything I could to do that. And 18 years pitching professionally, some of that in Japan. Uh, what was the experience in Japan like for you? It was great. Um, I, I loved the culture, loved the food, uh, loved everything about the game. Um, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. I thought it would, I was going to finish my career there. Uh, but when the hitters uh, start taking you oppo and, and hitting the ball a little harder off you, that you know, they, they tell you a different story. So I ended up finishing my career in the States. But uh, uh, a great experience. Learned a lot about myself. Learned a lot about my delivery, which I use in coaching now, um, and how to use the legs and long toss and, uh, a, you know, mental side of the game that uh, not everybody gets an opportunity to learn. It was, it was a great experience. 
And your first experience as a, a major league coach now with an excellent pitching staff, especially the starters. And I, I imagine that has to be exciting to come to work every day to, to work with some of the pitchers you have here. We have such a great group of personalities, diff- different guys that come with uh, different talents and abilities on the mound. Um, and then to have, you know, guys like Atch in the bullpen and then, and then Carl, who was a coach of mine in, in Seattle, uh, to work with as, as we collaborate to make these guys better with the front office. It's just been a lot of fun this year. Uh, Brian, I appreciate you coming by. Thanks. You got it. That's Brian Sweeney in the coach's corner, Indians major league coach with an emphasis on pitching. Well, stay with us when we come back. It's been a special weekend here at Progressive Field as the Tribe is honoring Hall of Famer Jim Tomey. He met with the Cleveland media yesterday, and we'll hear that press conference when we return after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, game changers. Makes me think of Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Finally, a simple, efficient way to quote home insurance. Let's go to Colin, who will now try to say something. Okay, first of all, are you kidding? Never in my life. Okay, when you see stuff like this, look, I'm not the only one who thinks this, although everybody says I am. Well said, Colin. Well said. Get right to the point with Home Quote Explorer. It's a game changer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Can Jim Tomey be the hero one more time? Tomey knocks the bat on the bottom of his spikes. Now he climbs back in. The right-hander ready. The 2-2 pitch. Swung out and drilled! Deep center field! Goal! He's done it again! Jim Tomey with a laser! A grand slam walk-off winner. How about that? And a mobbing at home plate. (laughs) Jim Tomey has come through again and again and again. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us for this week's show. Baseball coming up on the radio as well if you're listening to this show live prior to Saturday's game. The Tribe will take on the Baltimore Orioles at 4.05 Saturday afternoon. Prior to the game, Jim Tomey will be honored on the field with a ceremony honoring his induction into Cooperstown and Baseball's Hall of Fame earlier this summer. Yesterday, he met with the media, and we have that press conference with Jim Tomey talking about what a great weekend it should be here in downtown Cleveland. It's just been like a whirlwind of a summer for you? It's been incredible, you know, from the call in January to, to the induction to, you know, a few of the celebrations. It's been absolutely fabulous. Really a special, just a special time for our family, no doubt. A little awkward, almost, because you're not typically a guy who wants to just rattle on about himself and talk about. But you have all these people everywhere you go saying congrats. It's it's really nice. I mean, the organizations that have we've had the celebrations for, and then coming here today, we did some stuff this morning, and being able to thank everyone and show your appreciation, I think, is truly what it's all about. You know, like in your speech, in my speech, there's so many people with the organizations that I played for that you could thank. 
but I think what this does, it really gives me the chance to isolate the people that I, that I care about, that I didn't thank in, in, in the big speech that, that, that I can do, and I feel, feel lucky to have that chance to do it. So. Is it the coolest thing tomorrow where you know you're going to have all those guys that you shared all those years? I think Sandy kind of talked about it in one of your first couple of years. He tried to bring in some young guys in spring training. Yeah. You were one of those, and you know, now here you are. It, it'll be so special. I've heard from a few of them. I don't know exactly who's all coming, uh, but that'll be kind of fun in itself. But yeah, I mean, like like with Sandy, you know, I mean, this guy invited me in. I was he was my first big league roommate, you know, and he took me under his wing, and that's kind of how our teams in the '90s were. You know, we were all brothers, and even though you retire, you move on, you kind of go about your life. When you get back together, like the minute you see Bayerga, you realize that the energy level <laughs> rises, and <laughs> and it's like old time. So that that's the fun part. You get to you get to be a, a teammate again to what we all shared, something special. What did it mean for you being there in Cooperstown? And you know, I think you said it, no one sets out to be a Hall of Famer, but when you hear from the guys that have played in the era before you, and then your competitors too, guys you played against, I mean, it has to feel surreal. It's, it was incredible. Every moment, from Wednesday to Sunday, there was so many emotions from the interview with Matt Underwood about my mom that was really emotional to my daughter singing, to looking out at my son and my wife, to seeing my dad. Like, think about it. My dad got to see my debut, and he got to live my whole baseball career. And it's just it, 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 every moment, the porch, meeting the Hall of Famers, sitting in the rocking chair, letting Johnny Bench tell you what it's like to be a Hall of Famer, looking out to the lake. Uh, I mean, the story goes on. The induction dinner, when you're finally inducted, you, you go to the induction dinner and you sit around. You get invited to the big table, you know, the, hall, the, the sluggers table. That's pretty special. And uh, it's something I, there's so many great stories about that weekend that I never take for granted and just, it was so much fun. So it's very surreal, to be honest. I know this is a time machine question, but if you could go back and talk to that kid, you, who was in the Gulf Coast League that, that, that year, with full benefit of hindsight, if you like a science fiction movie, what would you tell that guy about what was in front of him? Well, I'm glad I don't have to go back because I would have done everything the same, to be honest. You know, all the people, all the instructors, all the from Charlie Manuel to Johnny Goral to Dave Keller to Brian Graham, you know, along to Mike Hargrove, you know, all Buddy Bell, all the great instructors we had here, and to go through that journey again with them, I, I wouldn't, I would have thanked them and have done the, and did the same thing with them along the way because it, it was a journey. It was a journey of the days you had to walk to the cage after striking out seven of eight times trying to find your swing, the days in the old stadium of throwing balls away at third base and understanding what it took to be a big league player. The mirror, I always talk about the mirror, it never lies to you. You know, you look in the mirror, you, can, you know when you're becoming a big leaguer, then you know when you're not. And for me, that mirror always tells you 
kind of who you are, where you have to go. So that's, that was the best part is that long journey of, you know, 0 for 12 going, man, I got to find left field. I just got to, I got to get a hit, you know, and then all of a sudden they shift on you and they're pounding you in, but you don't want to like chicken wing balls to left because if, if they leave one out over the plate, you can hit it in the seats. So there's that up and down cat and mouse was the best part for me. Just some of the thoughts of Jim Tomey, Hall of Famer, who is being honored this weekend here in Cleveland by the Indians, the team that he hit 337 home runs with, part of a great career, two appearances in the World Series, and he remains the Indians' all-time franchise leader in home runs. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this week. We'll join you next week when the Indians are on the road in Kansas City. Hope you can join us then. Until then, as always, Special thanks to Brian Matze for putting together our shows each week back at our network studios. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Don Wangert winds it up, delivers. Tommy drills one high and deep to center. Away, way, way back. Gone deep into the picnic plaza. And that might have even got out of the ballpark. Jim Tomey has just left Jacobs Field onto Eagle Avenue. That will take two tape measures. <laughs> Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by... Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.